Um, so tonight, Mary and I are going to talk about one of our favorite scriptures, really, really one of our favorite scriptures, um, and this is in Philippians 2. And just as a little bit of background, remember that in Acts 16, um, uh, Paul went to uh, Philippi and had some kind of crazy adventures. You know, he uh, uh, rebuked a, a woman for uh, sorcery, and then he got thrown into jail, and, uh, you know, he, uh, he got, uh, the, the, you know, the, the it was an earthquake, and he ended up converting the jailer and his whole family. Uh, you know, they converted Lydia, uh, a very, looks like a very prominent woman uh, that they met on the side of the river there. And after he got, you know, out of prison, um, you know, he went and sp spent time with, uh, you know, at her household, his group spent time, time in his household. So, you know, um, a really inspiring uh, uh, period in, in the book of Acts. And, uh, you know, the church started there and, you know, all these crazy, dramatic stories. And, you know, you can imagine, I mean, you know, Lydia and her whole household uh, gets baptized and they're all fired up and they have them over to the house and they live with them for a while. And that must have been so great. And then, you know, this jailer and his whole family, they're so grateful. They're like, oh, man, I escaped certain death. You know, this guy could have escaped and it would have, it's life for life. I could have been killed. And yet not only did I not get killed, but. Now I found Jesus in my whole household. And so, you know, the foundation of the church is some really happy, fired up uh, 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 disciples with deep convictions, you know. And um, so fast forward uh, 10 years and we come to this book of uh, uh, Philippians that Paul writes while he's in prison. And uh, he, he writes and he's as he's writing, you know, it's a really encouraging letter. But if you kind of step back a little bit and read it carefully, it's like um, things aren't going that great. You know, he's, he's saying, um, you know, hey, if you have any love for me and for Jesus and so on and so forth, he says, he says, make my joy complete by being like-minded, which means that they're not like-minded. So they're arguing, okay? And he says, uh, have the same love, okay? Um, being one in spirit and purpose. So apparently they weren't being one in spirit and purpose. And, uh, you know, consider others better than yourselves. You know, be humble. So there was some pride. There was some arguing. There was some complaining. He says, do everything without complaining or arguing. You know, which, by the way, if you're a parent, you know, you've like imprinted this on your children. You know, <laughs> you know it doesn't, doesn't really work. But, I mean, you know, <laughs> you, you got to try, right? But um, so, you know, you got this church that's so fired up and so passionate and so excited and so committed and so unified. And then 10 years later, it's, it's, it's kind of funky, okay? So what happens? Let's open it up a little bit for, for a minute here. What happens to a church where it starts to fall into rocky times and there's disunity and there's, you know, uh, people aren't going at the same speed spiritually and so on and so what, How does that happen? Sin. I'm sorry? Uh, sin. sin. Okay. Good start. Okay. <laughs> He's leaving us a lot of room to expand. I like that.
Yeah, opinions, ideas, you know. Um, what else? Discouragement, definitely, definitely. Loss of a vision, okay. Hurts, definitely. Lack of love. I mean, love dies if you're not constantly, you know, working on it. Hardships, absolutely. Compromise of conviction. Yeah, I mean, look, you know, I've been I've been memorizing this passage in, in Luke 21 where it talks about Jesus talking and the guys are like, yeah, what? What's the whole thing about the end of the age, you know? And he says, listen, make sure that your hearts don't get burdened by dissipation, drunkenness, and the anxieties of life. And I looked up dissipation, and, you know, the word means to, it just kind of spreads out. It kind of falls apart. It's the opposite of focus. He says, be careful that you, your heart doesn't get weighed down by just kind of losing your focus. And it happens. It's hard to sustain a hot, you know, growing spiritual, you know, convictions and, and you know, keep it growing. And growing. It's hard to do that year to year with the anxieties of life. You have children, you have bills, you have this, you have that. You have hurts, you have fears, you have, you know, when you're baptized, your, your um, doctrine is about that big. As a matter of fact, in the first century, the doctrine is about this big. Okay, and now it's like volumes and volumes of people arguing about Lord knows what. Okay, it's ridiculous, you know. Um, but anyway, it's it is it's human nature. And the thing that that is is very inspiring about this letter is Paul isn't like you guys are horrible. He's like, listen, guys, let's huddle up here. Okay. Remember, remember who we're following. Remember Jesus, and he talks about Jesus coming down from heaven. It's like, let's let's kind of get back on the same page here and start going forward together, okay? I mean, he's not rebuking them. He loves them. He cares for them. He's probably seen this a lot. He's probably playing a lot of churches that are really fired up and circle back 10 years later. It's like, ruh-roh, you know, it, it happens. And it can happen here, you know. So um, anyway, I'm going to hand it over to Mary. Oh, yeah. So, um, right, okay. So um, <laughs> thank you, honey. Um, so somebody studied humility today. Somebody prayed for humility today, and it's being answered. Um, so some of the things that happen to us, I mean, I, I, let's talk about the, the quickly, let's talk about the, the life of a church, the timeline of a church. It starts, everybody's hot, everybody's fired up. And then, you know, then kids come along and bills come along and jobs and people move in. And that song that we sang, that last song, I've heard it sung like three different ways. And I love the way we sang it tonight because the other two ways make me crazy. <laughs> and and it's, you're, you're in church and you're like, oh, we're going to sing a song. You're like, ah! And you, and, you know, it's like stuff like that. You know what I mean? You go to another church and it's like not exactly the same. And, you know, uh, and, and something said from, from the pulpit and you're like, ah! You know, and I mean, it, it happens. And, and, and a timeline of, of, 
of my own time and timeline of a church, you know, as it gets bigger, you lose that that feeling of knowing everybody and loving everybody. And then there's all these people you don't know and so on and so forth. And it, it starts to it starts to dissipate, right? Exactly what Jesus was saying. But think about the life of a disciple. How many of us grew up in the church? Okay, maybe a third. I did not. I, I got baptized when I was 25. Completely did not know anything. Seriously. And I had no expectations. I had no nothing, okay? When you raise in a church, you know, you go through kingdom kids, and then you go through the, the you know, preteen ministry, and then the teenage ministry, and, like, there's all these events for you, and you have all your friends are all going in the same direction, and you go trunk-or-treating, and, you know, then you go to high school, and you have groups that you're with, and then you go to the swamp, and you have all these, you know, things, and then you go to campus, and then it's like, you know, people are, there's full-time ministry guys and, and women, and they're teaching all these great lessons, and then you have these devotionals and these great trips and, you know, retreats and all this other stuff, and then you come here, and it's like crickets. It's real. Yeah. Seriously. And you're like, hey, what, what are we doing Friday night? And it's like, whatever you want to do. <laughs> you know? Got the idea. What's yeah. up? You know? Yeah. And you're like, what's wrong with this place? You people are committed. You know, where's the, where's the activity organizer? You know? And it's real. It's real. It's real. And that's a transition. We gotta, and then, oh, by the way, that whole time, the plate comes and you pass it right along. It's awesome. <laughs> Everybody gives to me, and I don't put any money in the plate because I'm a kid. And then you get a job, and people are like, "Hey, bro, well, you know, what, what you putting in the plate?" It's like, "What? I don't. I need this, and I need that, and you know." United soccer game, it's a hundred bucks. I can't put, you know, I don't have money for it. And it, and it, and it starts to get weird, yeah. right? Yeah. You know, and you know, so that's what happens. And that's kind of what happens with us. And this will continue to happen with us in waves as we deal with it. And then more people come in and like, who's the party organizer? It's like, <laughs> you, you are. Know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> So anyway, that's where this church is. And that's kind of where we are. Amen. So, yeah, so transitions, and they had been through transitions. I guess I don't really need this if I have this, right? So, yeah, they had transitioned there from um, when they were first converted to 10 years later when Paul was here writing this book, writing this letter from prison. And so just think about all the transitions. And like this group is amazing to me because it's so diverse. It's so, um, we've got, so who was converted in the campus ministry? Okay, whose parents were converted in the campus ministry? I was. I guess I'm a parent. So, um, so and then who was converted as a single? And then who has transitioned from college to working adult recently? Got some of that going on. 
So, yeah, and it's, it's no joke, right? It's not fun. It's not easy. All these transitions. So Steve and I, I mean, and I can relate to what he was saying about, Ooh, I don't like that version of that song. Gross. Oh, I don't like it. It hurts my ears, you know, or whatever, because I, I like, you know, what I like. So, um, but, you know, we've been in different congregations. We counted up last night. So three different continents for me, two for you, um, four different countries for me, three for you, and 14 different congregations, and then within those congregations, like, different sectors, so it's probably, um, it just goes on and on, <laughs> but, so every time we would move somewhere, it was a huge adjustment, and it was, so what's the solution to that, like, how do you, how do you navigate through that? And that's why I love this chapter. I love really the whole book of Philippians because it gives so many practicals. But what do you see here that, um, that are some practicals, like that what helps you to navigate through that? What do you all see here in Philippians 2? Go ahead. Humility. Okay. Anything else? Having interest in love. Being interested in other people, like... I was just talking to Lily tonight and, and learning all about what she's been doing the past couple of years. And it's the first time we've had a conversation in a really long time. So um, what else? I think it talks a lot about the spirit of initiate. Don't wait until you've done something that you think you need to work on. Initiate, right? Yeah, go for it. You be the one to initiate. Absolutely. Yes, yes. And he talks about that. Yes, that's hard. It's really hard. Yes, that's that's what I love too about this. He says, "Do it like be like Jesus, like how Jesus did it. Your attitude should be like His." What were you gonna say over here, somebody? I saw a hand. Mike. Oh, I can't see. That's Dalen. 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 Sorry. Close. Yeah. In the same alphabet. Yes, definitely. Tyrone. When all else fails. Yeah, not just absolutely. obedience, honey. Straight up. Straight up. Straight up obedience. That's, no, that's a great point. I love that point. Do the opposite of the culture. Mm-hmm, definitely being open like that. But 
really love um, verse 12 and 13. To me, this has always been like when all else fails, you know, I read this and it's like, okay, Mary, wake up. It says to, uh, as you've always obeyed, not only in my presence, but now how much more in my absence, continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. So really, who's it up to at the end of the day? It's up to me to work it out. You know, I've got to work it out. Um, And then it says, then I love the next verse too. Because why? Why do you like it, Chelsea? Yes, God works in you. He's going to give you the power. He is going to do it. To, to do what? The power to do what? What does it say? It tells you two things. To will. What does it mean to will? What? Yes, to be motivated. If you will something, you're motivated. You, you what else? You want it. Yes. Is there anyone here who's ever prayed this prayer? Dear God, please help me to want to do what's right, because I really don't feel like it. I don't want to. I mean, even when I was studying the Bible to become a Christian, it was like I knew what it was going to take. I knew it was going to take 100% commitment. And I saw it. And I saw other people. I was like, I was scared, but I knew I needed it. I knew I needed to become a Christian. So I prayed, God, I know I need to become a Christian, but I don't want to. So help me to want to, because it's hard. It's hard to take a stand. It's hard to take a stand with old friends. It's hard to just you know, start meeting new people and building new friendships. That's hard. So, God, I need you to help me to want it, because right now I don't want it. And so, but he did answer that prayer really quickly. And so, thank God, you know, I was able to get humble and become a Christian. And then the other thing, it says, to will and to act. So that, because you can sit there and want something. Please, dear God, make it happen. But I've got to get out and act on it. I can't just sit there and want it and cry about it and sweat over it and worry about it and ruminate over it. I have to get out and act on it. So whatever it is that's God's purpose for you, because, well, first of all, and, you know, sorry, not first of all, but in addition to uh, this, in in Philippians 4, and this is one of uh, Jackie's favorite verses, And um, where is it that it says, uh, where is it, Jackie? Oh, wait, is it 1 Peter? It's 1 Peter, where he talks about using your gifts, faithfully administering God's grace in its various forms. But also, I was thinking about this with Philippians, because it, it is so positive, and we need to know our strengths, right? So if I... Because as you're trying to become like Jesus, 
some of, there's some things that you're going to just be good at because that's the way God made you. He gave you some gifts, and that's awesome. So if I were to ask you, what are your gifts? Can you say three things really quick that you know you're good at or your strengths, your gifts? Do you know what your strengths are? Yeah? How about you? Yeah. Give me a strength. What are, what's one of your strengths? You, Rachel. Singing. And also you volunteered to come up here and read the Bible, so I would say that's a strength. You put yourself out there. That's awesome. You go for it. You're a go-getter, aren't you? I can tell. I can tell, and I don't even know you. All right, what were you saying, Vivian? You're bold. Yes, you <laughs> I love it. I love Vivian. So what else? Who else has a strength that you know and you can throw it out there for me? What are your strengths? Quick, quick. Y'all are so talented. Oh, my gosh. There's strengths coming out the wazoo. Yes. Oh, and thank you for using your strengths up here tonight. That was amazing. What else? Awesome. Awesome. That's wonderful. Thank you, Katie, and thank you, Chelsea, for sharing her strength. Lisa. Oh, my gosh. You make, you make awesome everything, okay? Dalen. You're patient. Oh, that's a gift. Tyrone? What now? Okay, awesome. That's great. So I love this conversation. I want y'all to have this conversation later in fellowship about what are your strengths because it's so important that you know what your strengths are as you're building up this, the church, you know, as you're building up the in-town group, okay? It's also important to know what you need to grow in and so that you can pray for God to will in you to grow in that area if it's really hard for you and to act. But then, guess what? We have each other to go and find and say, hey, you're really bold, you're really outgoing, you're really great, Jackie's amazing at organizing meetings and things and then being super creative with it and making everyone feel a part of it. And like, because that's what we, we are doing. We, <laughs> we, we are doing this together, right? So this is, a, this is our team here, you know, team in town. And so, but, but we're also transitioning. So there's a lot of, you know, overlap between, you know, I'm just fresh out of college or I'm just getting a new job or I'm just newly married or I just, I'm pregnant or I have a toddler or now I have two babies or, you know, and oh, I've never taught the kids before. Now I'm learning how to teach the kids. And, you know, there's just all kinds of stuff going on, right? People moving in from different congregations. Oh, well, that's not how we did it there. That's not the version we sang there. <laughs> Listen, I, I'm, no, I've been there. I'm there at times still. But, um, 
you know, that, that's the beauty, too, of, of this group and, and having these qualities of humility and initiating and going for it and not waiting on, you know, other people to come and, and get you. Um, So, um, you know, I love this passage, you know, this passage where it says um, your attitude should be that uh, the same as Jesus Christ, who being in very nature, God did not uh, consider equality with God something to be grasped, you know, but then he comes down, you know, to to earth. And um, when I was a very young Christian, when I was baptized, I really like every time somebody would share a scripture. It was the first time I'd ever heard it. I did not know anything. And um, amen, amen. Um, so uh, where was I? <laughs> so anyway, so anyway, um, you know, so when I got baptized, the church in New York at that time, when I got baptized, I was baptized on second, on the second anniversary of the planning of the New York City Church. And we were like 115 people. And it was just like this. It was all singles and it was all uh, campus. And there were like five married couples. And one of them was the Sackingers who got baptized and got married like three months after they got baptized. And they like increased our married, you know, fellowship by 50% or something. You know what I mean? It was was a really young church. It really, what we didn't know was a lot. Like we didn't have, we didn't have a children's ministry because we didn't have child one. We did not have child one. We, somebody had a kid and we're like, <laughs> you know, we and and we we started like the children's ministry, and if you knew what we did back then, we had all been arrested and put into jail and you know, whatever. I mean, it was like, oh, I was teaching the kids, so it wasn't good. Anyway, when I first became a Christian, about three months after I became a Christian, I was going out on dates every Saturday night with all these awesome sisters, really spiritual. You know, they would be sharing stuff with me, you know, from their Bible studies and everything. I was just like, wow. You know, just, guys, if you're not going out on dates like crazy as a single, I don't know what you're thinking. Because seriously, there's, I mean, these sisters are so pure and deep and spiritual. It's, what you can learn from them is so much. And you really need to. Um, and I made so many great, great friendships. I went, I went out, I was on a date with a sister, and um, she was, uh, I was talking about, you know, what our lives were like, and she said, well, I'm going to go to Brazil, and I said, really? I said, uh, you ever been to Brazil? Nope. I said, uh, I said, well, you know, do, do you know anything about Brazil? She's like, no, and I said, oh, well. I guess, you know, what do they speak down there? She goes, oh, Portuguese. I said, so I guess you know Portuguese? No, nope, I'm starting to, I'm starting to study in like, you know, next week. 
And, um, and I said, well, how long are you going to go for? Because I was thinking in my head, and again, you know, apologies, I knew nothing. And, and I said, so how long are you going to go for? And I was thinking like, uh, what do they call those guys that, that they go out for two years, the U.S. Peace Corps? I was thinking, I was thinking Peace Corps. I was thinking like you go there for two years and you, you know, build some huts or something and you come back. I didn't know. And she said, well, no, I mean, you go down there and you stay down there and, you know, you die and you're buried there. And I was like, this sister was 27. She was single, obviously. And she's going to a place she's never been before, a language she never spoke. And I remember thinking to myself, and I actually said it out loud. I said, um, why are you doing this? Like, I really couldn't get it. I was like, why are you doing this? And she said, well, there's this passage, you know, and she shared this passage. And she said, you know, Jesus came down from heaven, and he had to become a human. And he had to learn our language and how he lived, and he had to put on his body and lived this completely different life that he had in heaven. And he was, if you think about it, he was the first missionary. And I feel like if I do this, I'm going to learn a little bit about how Jesus is. And I was like, I can't even, I don't even know what you're talking about, you know? And, and she said it really gently and really spiritually and everything like that. And I wasn't like insulted, like, oh, man, I'm such a bum and so on and so forth. But I was inspired because I was like, all right, you know, I've been walking around this congregation, enjoying life. My sins are forgiven. Everybody's nice to me. I have all these new friends. I don't put any money in the plate. I'll put 10 bucks, 5 bucks, whatever I have in my wallet. No planning, no plan. No purpose, no, just, I'm just, you know, bumping around. And it made me realize that um, I really needed to, like, find another gear spiritually. I mean, like, big time, you know? Because there was a lot of people in the congregation at that time with that kind of conviction. And I was not one of them. But the cool thing was, it's kind of like, Nobody really got on me about it. It was okay to be a young Christian, because you are a young Christian, but you can't stay there, you know? And, and it's like, it's okay to come into the congregation here as a you know, campus student and, like, you know, be disoriented and, you know, figure it out and so on and so forth, but you can't stay there, you know? And... It's okay to kind of sit here and, and, and look at North River and say, ah, North River, a bunch of old people and old songs, and this is so much cooler, and why can't we just be our own church and so forth? So it's like, <coughs> it's okay to think that way, but it's not okay not to go and talk to some seasoned people and say, what do you think? Yeah. You know, let me, let me learn, you know? Because the thing about Jesus, and I've been thinking about this a lot lately, 
Right. This passage about him being in heaven, if you think about it, he was in heaven for like, a, well, forever. <laughs> but he starts creation with God, and then he, you know, sees the whole Adam and Eve thing and the Noah thing and <coughs> the Abraham and all these different stages. And he, he, uh, he comes, he sees all this happening, and he knows that God's purpose is to build this kingdom eventually, right? And <coughs> he sees it, and he's watching from heaven. He's seen the things that go well, and he's seen the things that don't go well. And he sees this one, I always think about this one um, episode. It's in Judges, and it's after Joshua has led the people into the promised land. They've battered all these people. They've taken over the land. <coughs> Everybody gets their inheritance. They settle in. And Joshua finally dies, and it says, um, Joshua, son of Nun, he died at the age of 110. Uh, this is in uh, Judges 2, uh, uh, verse uh, 8 through 12, if you want to write it down. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, died at the age of 110, and they buried him in the land of his inheritance, blah, blah, blah. After that, whole generation have been gathered to their fathers. Another generation grew up, who knew neither the Lord nor what he had done for Israel. Then the Israelites did evil in the eyes of the Lord and served the Baals. They forsook God, blah, blah, blah. One generation. All that work, bringing them out of Egypt, walking them around the desert for 40 years so this generation would rise up and know only God only depending on God, every day with the manna and the, you know, the cloud at, at night and the fire at night and the cloud in the day and following it. I mean, all they knew was God. And they move into this promised land and they don't translate this deep conviction about God to their children. And it's 35 years more for you. Been to a lot of churches, seen, planted churches, like from scratch, from like day one, from first service. Been part of really big churches, small churches, churches that were doing well, churches that were not doing so well. We've seen so much. And I can tell you with deep conviction that the nut of this whole thing is getting the conviction about the kingdom of God and winning the world from one generation to the next. And it's so fragile. It's so hard. It's, there's so many dangers. So many. And when you have children... And you raise them up. And that, that's, that's why I want to, like, when I hear, like, oh, we should just be our own church. Let's just pump the brakes just for a second here. Let's kind of walk through this, okay? So I'm single and I'm happy. Oh, let's just be on our own, you know? And, but I'm not putting money in the pulse. So I can't pay for all this. But anyway, whatever. 
let's be, let's think we're going to, if we have the money. Okay, we have the money. So let's do it. So then you get married, and that's awesome. And then, you know, a couple weeks, a couple months after you start your married walk, your married life, you start running into problems. And so it's like, well, who do I, I need somebody to come in here and referee. Well, who's that going to be? It's got to be somebody who's been through it before and can calm me down and put, help me put things in perspective and get you, you know, well, you're surrounded by singles. Surrounded by cancer. You're the only one married. You're in trouble. But it's okay. You bump along and you have a kid. Oh, it's so awesome. Except when it's not. And then it's like, oh, I really need help because I'm going out of my mind. Okay? And you, 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 you know, uh, parents with young children, you're like, uh-huh, yep, I'm going out of my mind. And then you have a second kid. Oh, wow. The force multiplies. And it gets crazy, okay? And then these children, they start growing up, and they start going to school, and they start making friends, but the friends are like, uh-oh. You know, and then they get into middle school. Oh, middle school is scary. And then high school, and then campus, and then and then as a parent, you're like, who are they gonna marry? Well, if they're gonna marry, who are they hang out with? What if there's no campus ministry? You know what I mean? And as a parent, you're like, oh my gosh. So when you have a child and you bring them the child up to, you know. To, to the children's class, and you see your child is playing with, you know, children that are black and white and Asian and Latino and everything else, and you see them playing together and loving each other from that young age, you're like, thank you, God. Seriously. I mean, you really are like, man, thank you, God. And then when your kids get into grade school, and when your kids get into middle school, and you're like, oh, man, please, we got to put a, we've got to put you know, we've got to surround these kids with safety. You're going to know why North Riverdale. You're going to, you know, you're like, ah, where's the money go? Seriously. Where's the money go? You know, I want to know. Okay? You know, ask. But, you know, I mean, it, it's okay to ask those questions. It's not okay not to find out. It's not okay not to get resolution about it. Because we all need to be putting money in the plate. A lot of money in the plate. Because this has a lot to do with getting from this generation to this generation. It really does. I'm putting money in special contributions, so on and so forth. I'm not going to be dunking basketballs in that new building. I'm not going to be taking dance classes in that new building. Okay? I, I, you know, I'm paying for campus interns. And I'm paying for team workers. And I'm paying for middle school workers. And I'm paying for, you know, I'm subsidizing camp. The swamp. I don't have any kids. They're grown. They're gone. I don't have grandchildren. So where, where does it go? I'm putting money in the plate. And they're giving it to Chattanooga and Knoxville and, and Memphis and all these other places. It's not coming back to me. There's nothing for me. There's the lights. That's about it. <laughs> oh, and AC. But I have the conviction now that it's really important. It's, it's, it's more important than ever to really be generous. And, I, and, and you know what? 
baptized on the second anniversary of New York City Church. And the New York City Church did not become self-sustaining for about until like the first four years. So how did they sustain it? Because the Boston Church was taking out these massive, you know, special contributions and sending them down on 95. So, you know, a couple months ago, I was on the phone and uh, we were on some kind of phone call. And, and, uh, and Jim and Lisa were talking about, yeah, special contribution in Boston and what it was like and so on and so forth. And it suddenly hit me that they were the people putting money in the plate, paying for the guy who was on staff that started the Bible with me. And there isn't a person in this room that's gotten baptized that hasn't benefited from a lot of people putting a lot of cash in the plate. They will never meet you. They will never see you. But they did. And it's time for you and I to do the same. And if you're not doing it, if you don't have that deep conviction, okay, because Jesus was up in heaven watching all this stuff, all this work, and all this plan collapse in one generation. One. And the conviction he must have had to come down here and raise up these disciples. Okay? So that this actually lasts for generation after generation after generation. Listen, this is serious. This is serious. If you don't have that conviction, then go talk to Jim and Lisa. Because they should be retired right now. With the, with the hundreds of thousands of dollars. I'm not exaggerating. I'm not exaggerating. The hundreds of thousands of dollars that is not in their retirement because they spend it on me and on you. And there's a lot of people like that. And it's time for you and I step up and start taking responsibility for the kingdom of God. Stop the complaining. Stop the arguing. Stop the waiting around for somebody else to plan stuff and do stuff and lead stuff and implement stuff and whatever, whatever. And the thing that I love about Mary, who obviously was the person who shared that scripture with me and went to Brazil, the thing I love about Mary you know, Mary and I are, we've always been, like, obnoxiously honest with each other. <laughs> like, the stuff that we said, to, that same date, that's... Circus 
Barnberry Circle. That's a good bet. That's not a thing, brother Steve. Come on. saying it's time to close up. And she's right. So I just want to say, look, if, you, if I, we can just leave with one thing. It's like, look, churches are going to go through the ups and downs. You and I personally are going to go through our ups and downs. You know what? It's okay. But it's not okay to stay there. And if you're lacking conviction about, you know, where the church is, or whether we, you know, North River, and where the money goes, and put my, all that stuff. Get get resolution about it, because your your conviction, your faith will grow, and you'll start to see God really working when you didn't really see it before. But you'll see it, you'll see it, and um, it's a great lesson and a great passage, and to just really remember that we we have to ourselves. Um, Continue to work out all the time our salvation with fear and trembling.